going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by the boys. That is Kyle Safi. He can be found on Twitter at KyleSafiPFN. That is Derek Tate. He can be found on Twitter at DerekTateNFL. Gentlemen, how are we doing here on this fine Wednesday morning? Doing good. Ready to get week six rolling. No, no snarky anything for me this morning. We're just doing good. I feel good. It's going into week six, and I got energy. Let's do this. Derek, how are we doing today, my friend? Uh, so for those of you that are listening to the podcast, right now Kyle Yates is wearing a Mighty Ducks jersey. It's got the C for the captain, Charlie Conway. That's a movie reference there, Sophie. Yeah, so leading the charge, the flying V as we were going into this podcast. I'm super juiced up. I was thinking like, all right, what, what can I wear here for this podcast? I feel like I'm just wearing the same kind of sweatshirts every single day because now we're into that rotation of sweatshirts, all that sort of stuff. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I haven't worn in a while. Let's pull out the Mighty Ducks jersey celebrating the return of the NHL. But this is not an NHL podcast. This is a fantasy football podcast. So let's get into talking some fantasy football here. Sapi, yesterday you talked about Anthony Richardson as a buy low option in fantasy football leagues. And I agreed with you. It was a great take. Go acquire him because he's going to be back in four weeks. Then we got the news here this morning that or we, even yesterday we were like, yeah, it could be a two to three week absence. We get the news here this morning before we started recording that Anthony Richardson has been placed on IR and Adam Schefter coming out and tweeting that it is not only possibly just a four week absence, but could extend up to eight weeks if he has surgery. So the question here is, is he worth holding on to on benches that don't have an IR spot? Sapi, what is your take there? Yeah, this obviously changes the math that we were talking about. And that's why you have a podcast daily so that you can... You can revisit awful takes because if I knew Anthony Richardson <laughs> was going to be out for eight weeks, of course he's not a buy low. He's a sell. I, he's he's not a thing. But I don't think you can just – and I'm speaking personally. A lot of the leagues I play in have shallower benches. If you're in one of these benches – I see some leagues where you've got 15 bench spots and people are keeping two kickers and three defenses. If it's a league like that, then sure. By all means, keep Richardson stash because you're probably not using your running back eight on any kind of consistent basis. But if you look at Yahoo or ESPN, these leagues with normal setups where you're talking three, four bench spots, you can't possibly keep Richardson. I'm I'm against keeping two quarterbacks as it is, thinking that you're either streaming or you're committed to a guy, one or the other. You're not rostering two. So in this sense, this is a good example of why you should have an IR spot. And if you do, by all means, he is worth it. He's more worth it than anybody else that's on IR right now. So I would go that direction. But... Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty niche situation. I would think most leagues have shallow benches and no IR slot, in which case you have to cut them. Do I trade we're... Anthony Richardson for Brock Purdy right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I lost You're, that deal. You've been holding on to that one for about 24 hours now. I've been waiting to get that get that yep. take out there. All right, guys, let's get into it. Some running back starts he sits here for week six. Before we do, we are going to talk about a lot of players here. If you... Do not If we do not get to a player that you have on your roster that you have questions about, the Start Sit Optimizer here at Pro Football Network is here for you. Absolutely free. You can enter in up to six players, multiple different positions, figure out your flex spots, all that sort of stuff. Make sure to check that out here. The Start Sit Optimizer at Pro Football Network. Absolutely free. The link for that is right here in your podcast or YouTube show description. Additionally, the PFN Fantasy Discord. We talk about it all the time here. Absolutely free to join. The link for that is also here in your podcast or YouTube show description. At Jason Katz. Never sleeps. I'm convinced. Jason Katz does not sleep here. He is he just spending all of his time yeah. answering your start sit questions here in the PFN Fantasy Discord. Over 1,500 people there ready to talk some fantasy football with you. Make sure to jump in there as well. All right. Teams on by here this week. The Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
All right, let's get into it. Stompy, running back, start, sit, option number one. Who are you starting this week? You added him this week. You spent a bunch of free agent money on him. Amari Emery? How are we saying his first name? Amari. Demarcado. I'm go Amar- Amari. Yep. Amari like Amari Cooper? Okay. Sure. Could, yep. yeah. If he could just spell it that way, that would make it so much easier. So Amari Demarcado going against the Rams. There is some scar tissue. I'm not going to lie. He's basically fitting a very similar profile to one Joshua Kelly which I was wrong on for about three weeks in a row. And I, you know, ran that into the ground. So we're on, you know, Eckler's back. So we're on to the next Josh Kelly. That is that he's filling in for a guy with a significant workload and he's sliding right into that. James Conner was looking at 80% of the running back carries for the Cardinals. And DeMarcado was the only running back not named James Conner to get reps last week. I'm not thinking that that is the case this week, but it speaks to his spot on this depth chart he's going to be the number one guy and I think it's kind of without question we know Connor's on IR so they need to get used to him they need him to acclimate to this offense he's going to be there for a month plus the Rams 22nd yards per carry against DeMarcado is fine at TCU for five years 4.7 yards per carry so I think in a volume role he can slide into your flex spot and be a reasonably safe option targeting the volume yeah, definitely not putting the expectation out there that this guy is going to be a top 24, a top 20 player or anything like that, but definitely no. someone that we can look at in the flex spot. So I'll ask you if fantasy managers are deciding here, Jaleel McLaughlin, Thursday night football up against the Kansas City Chiefs or Amari DiMarcado. That is two names that are an absolute mouthful. Jaleel McLaughlin and Amari DiMarcado. Which one are you going with there? That's a lot of letters in there. And you can even got a few capital letters. Like we got a little yep. bit of everything in that one. I go... DeMarcado if Javante Williams suits up we still don't really know what the situation is there if McLaughlin's gonna get all the work then I go that direction because he's right he's essentially DeMarcado but I we have more proof of concept that he's an actual good NFL back where DeMarcado he had a good week fill in duty last week but we know less about him so I would go McLaughlin if Williams is out if Williams is in give me DeMarcado all right would you go DeMarcado or Zach Moss up against the Jacksonville Jaguars Jonathan Taylor active and will be out there for week six. Yeah, I've got both Colts ahead of him this week. And that's that's me hedging a little bit. It, I feel like the Colts running backs are probably going to combine for 30 points. But if you told me to right. distribute those points, I wouldn't feel too confident in it. So I've got them both in the running back two conversation, which is four or five spots ahead of DeMarcado right now. All right, Derek, let's send it to you. Your number one running back to start here in week six. For the Arizona Cardinals, keep an eye on the status of Keontae Ingram. Dealing with a neck injury, he may be involved as well. So, I'm going to go with a guy that has, I feel like, kind of fully broken out over the last three weeks. Isaiah Pacheco uh, versus the Denver Broncos. And you don't really have to look much further than the fact that the Broncos are allowing an average of (laughs) 39.3 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. But... If you dig a little bit deeper, too, Isaiah Pacheco's seen 15 or more carries in three straight games. And if Travis Kelsey's banged up or unavailable or not 100%, could the Chiefs reasonably just lean on the running game in this contest against the Broncos' defense that has really struggled to slow down any opposing running back so far this season? I can see that being a possibility. So I feel for a third, for really like a third straight week, very confident then Isaiah Pacheco is going to sneak inside the top 12 of the running back position. All right. Isaiah Pacheco is an absolutely solid start here in week six. I think that goes without saying because of the matchup, it's going to be, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, what's the score going to be at halftime, guys? Soppy, what's the score going to be at halftime? 
It's going to be 24 to 7, and that's just because these games are never what you think. And we might have some weather concerns, but 24 to 7, Chiefs at half. So Isaiah Pacheco, second half, rush attempts over under <laughs> 12 and a half. Well, it could go either way. If that gets really sideways, the way you were teeing me up is like you wanted me to say 40 to nothing, in which case we're just getting all the CEH we can handle. Maybe he slides <laughs> into the flex ranks. But, uh, yeah, no, I would go under but just because they don't want to get him hurt. They should roll in this game. But if it's if it's a weather situation, maybe it's a lower scoring. The total's close to 50. That seems kind of high, but we'll see. All right, Derek, Isaiah Pacheco here this week or DeAndre Swift up against the New York Jets defense? I'll actually go with Pacheco. Um, you know, I, I I love DeAndre Swift and love what I've seen from him this season, but I, that matchup and what I think is going to be a very favorable game script, and even the weather you're mentioning, if they're taking the air out of the ball and you can just rely on the running game, you know, I see a, 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 big, a big game for Pacheco this week. All right, and final one here. Would you go Isaiah Pacheco or Alvin Kamara up against the Houston Texans? I like what I've seen from Kamara. I'm actually going to roll with Alvin Kamara in that in that scenario i think they're very close in ranking so i got alvin Kamara currently at rb12 isaiah pacheco currently at rb14 sampi you're number two running back to start here this week where are we going yeah let's trust the process here go that jonathan taylor wasn't paid to sit on the bench behind zach moss i mean he yes i understand he only played 10 snaps last week and that zach moss looked like a godsend running all over the place and through and realistically producing big numbers on your fantasy bench there's no way you played zach moss last week because you shouldn't have Jonathan Taylor's back. He should be the lead guy. I think this is a 50-50 situation. What was at least encouraging, he had seven touches on 10 snaps. Like they, They're putting him on yeah. the field and saying, hey, we're getting you the rock. We're getting you loosened up. Let's do the thing. No Anthony Richardson, as you said, in this matchup. So it, it, I think it's a running situation where the Colts could have 30 running back carries. And if Taylor flirts with 15 of those, I think he's a top 20 running back for me. Obviously, there it's a trust fall to some degree. I mean, you were burned by him last week, so do you go back? Is there scar tissue, and you you wait another week, and now he has a Brees Hall week, and it's like, oh, he's unleashed, and he's going to go for 200 yards. So there's risk on both sides of this and a range of outcomes that I'm not used to with Jonathan Taylor, but I'm firing up if I have him. Jonathan Taylor currently at RB21 in my half PPR running back rankings here for this week. Another player that burned you last week, I will ask you to decide between Jonathan Taylor or Brian Robinson up against the Atlanta Falcons this week. Yeah, I've got Robinson. I'm going back to that one. I've got Robinson inside my top 15, Taylor closer to 20. So there's a little bit of a gap there. Robinson, I just, the role is safe. Like, I don't fear Antonio Gibson. Right now, I fear Zach Moss. I didn't think that would be a sentence we'd be saying here in the <laughs> middle of October, but I do. He looked great last week, and he's going to, worse, I don't, Jonathan Taylor's carry count is his ceiling is probably similar to Brian Robinson's floor. That's scary for me. Would you go Jonathan Taylor or Ramondre Stevenson up against the Las Vegas Raiders? I'm not. Oh, my God. It would take you moving heaven and earth for me to choose <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson right now. I've got Jonathan Taylor. I've got Zach. But I'm going to pick Anthony Richardson over Ramondre Stevenson this week because at least I know what I'm getting. I have no idea what Ramondre Stevenson's going to do. It's not going to be good. I can tell you that much. Ramondre Stevenson on benches. I... I guess you have to hold on to him. You can't drop somebody like that, but my goodness. Is he even the running back one in New England anymore? As soon as we get a decent performance from Ramondre Stevenson, oh he will God. be guaranteed on our Trade Targets podcast yes. as a running back to sell. Derek, you're number two running back to start. Where are we going? I'm going to have a little bit of faith here in the fact that the Chicago Bears played on Thursday Night Football, which gives 
Roshan Johnson an extra couple days to try to clear concussion protocol. Now, of course, this comes with uh, you have to monitor what he's going to do in practice and make sure that he clears concussion protocol ahead of their week six matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. But make no mistake about it, with Khalil Herbert dealing with a high ankle sprain and looks like he's going to be unavailable for multiple weeks, I'm not scared of Donta Foreman. I see. I think we see an expanded role for Roshan Johnson if he clears concussion protocol. And if that is the case, I've got him as a running back to play this week against the Minnesota Vikings. Roshan Johnson, I think this week, at running back 32 currently for me. So right now as a placeholder, like we just don't know what to expect from him. The benefit here is that they are the one o'clock kickoff on Sunday. So we're right. going to get clarity on Roshan Johnson's status early that if this was a Sunday night football game if this was a four o'clock window game it would probably be a situation like air on the side of caution here unless we get definitive clarity on Roshan Johnson so I will ask you Roshan Johnson here this week or Jerome Ford up against the San Francisco 49ers and this is obviously with the assumption that Roshan Johnson plays I like the matchup more for Roshan and I actually kind of like the situation just a little bit better this week for Roshan. So it's close between him and Ford, but I'll, I'll go with Roshan. All right. I want to find that line. Uh, Roshan Johnson, if he plays, or Alexander Madison on the other side of this matchup? Probably go Alexander Madison. Okay. We found the line there. All right. Uh, let's go to running back sits of the week here. Soppy, your number one running back to sit. Yeah, and I'm actually going to continue this Bears conversation because I'm not playing their starter against Minnesota. Right now, Minnesota allowing the fifth fewest yards per carry. And like you said, we just don't know the status of Roshan. If 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 he didn't get hurt last week, he wouldn't make this list for me. But with the concussion, I, I get it. We saw Luke Musgrave pass through concussion protocol on one of these extended mini-buy situations. So maybe he gets there. If he plays... Are they really going to trust him with like volume? I, I'm don't get me wrong. I have no confidence in Deontay Foreman. My my willingness to sit the player here is not because Foreman I think will cut into the efficiency, cut into the yardage. It's the carry count that scares me against a defense that's been okay. And I think the Vikings go to a little bit more ball control. They've aired it out as much as anybody through five weeks of the season. But obviously, no Justin Jefferson. How does that change what they do? Maybe they ride Madison for you for. You asked him on Madison. I've got Madison as a top 20 play this week under that assumption. If that's the case, and we're talking fewer possessions and a split backfield with Justin Fields potentially running, to me, right now, I'm fading this. If we get great reports on Johnson, you know, as <laughs> I was out on Anthony Richardson, or I was in on getting Anthony Richardson yesterday, changes today. Roshan could be the same situation in 24 hours. But as we stand right now, I'm not counting on a bear in my week six lineup. Derek, rebuttal. So what I'm thinking is, who's to say that the Minnesota Vikings are going to be able to play small ball with the Chicago Bears? The Bears' offense has exploded through the air over the last two weeks. And Roshan Johnson has kind of an undiscovered, you know, pass-catching skill set with an expanded role. I, I could see, you know, Roshan Johnson seeing more than 15 carries and also an additional three or four oh, looks in the passing game. And this offense is humming over the last two weeks. And the Vikings aren't exactly a world beater on the defensive side of the football. So, I mean, yeah, they've been okay against opposing running backs, but we've also seen them get diced up against Philadelphia Eagles in the past. So if that offense is struggling and the Bears keep getting more possessions, that just feels like more touches for Roshan Johnson. Soppy, we, you know, this, that with stats and there's always context to these stats, right? You can say the Minnesota Vikings are looking pretty good against opposing running backs, but if teams are just choosing to throw the ball on them because <laughs> they can, too, yeah. I mean, Minnesota Vikings going into last week, I haven't seen the updated stats here for this week, but going into last week, they were allowing the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So 
teams were just going, okay, we're not going to run the ball because we can just pass and do whatever we want sure. through like the through Titans. That. Yeah. Right. So what's the other side of this? Like if, if Roshan Johnson doesn't play here, are you looking at Deontay Foreman as still a solid play? Or, like, where's that line and where's the give? If we get clarity here and that either he sits or he's full go, then I'll have the Bears starters, you know, a fringe top 25, fine flex play. I have no problem with that. My concern is if you're splitting the carries, that I don't think each individual carry will be worth enough in a 12 to 15 carry standpoint. It's not that much different than the A-chan conversation. Obviously, he's blown me out of the water here and the efficiency is just ungodly but the point is that if you're getting under 15 touches in an offense that yes they've looked good over two weeks and they've looked bad for three weeks so yes they're trending in the direction the right direction but you could argue that they still offer a wide range of outcomes they could easily struggle if this is a split backfield that's what i want no part of if we have clarity then i'm in i'm with you guys fire them up either one of them is a running back too if they're the the bell cow they're gonna get 15 to 20 touches. If you can count on that this week, they're fine by me. If it's a split, I'm steering clear. Right. That's the difference between the two of you is that Derek is saying this isn't going to be a split. This is right. Roshan Johnson's backfield. If he's active, Soppy's saying there may still be a split here between Roshan Johnson and Deonta Foreman. Let's keep moving here. Derek, your number one running back to sit. Where are we going? I know this guy had a fantastic week, but the matchup is the matchup, and I don't like it. It's Brees Hall versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles, excuse me. Look, Hall seeing an expanded role in week five, love it. Great talent. We know all that. But this Philadelphia defense is different against opposing running backs. They're literally the best in the league as far as allowing only 10.5 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs through the first five games of the NFL season. They're only allowing 61 rushing yards per game. And... Yeah, they're susceptible to being beaten on the back end, but are we really sure that Zach Wilson's going to be able to take advantage of that? I don't. So I think that this could be more like what we saw from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how they performed against that Eagles defense with some issues potentially up front against the offensive line, them not being able to generate any push in the running game, which is then going to put Zach Wilson in third and long on a regular basis which I'm not willing to have much confidence that he's going to be able to convert on those opportunities. So Brees Hall, while I'm certainly encouraged from what I saw in week five, I'm fading him in week six. This Jets offensive line too is significantly banged up. I mean, Elijah Vera Tucker this week going on season ending IR, like that is certainly not going to help when you're facing a stout defensive line like the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's find that line here, Brees Hall or James Cook going up against the New York Giants. James Cook. Do you go Brees Hall or Alexander Madison? We just talked about him up against that matchup against Chicago. Alexander Madison. Okay, would you go Brees Hall or Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor. Right. Man, he's fading him significantly. I've got yeah. Brees Hall still at RB15 on the week just yeah, because of the volume. I, just because Ooh. of the volume. I think the volume is going to be there. Listen, I agree with you. I think the matchup, I don't think the efficiency is going to be there. But that volume and the talent level for him to break off one big run, I think I'm buying into that just a little bit more. Come back to me on Friday, though, and I might be a little bit more concerned about this matchup here for the New York Jets. Uh, Sapi, your number two running back to sit. Where are we going? Yeah, I'm out on committees. Like, we're talking about all this volume, 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 and I, I get that not all volumes created equal, but there's some offenses right now working with committees that I don't trust to get either to get to support one star running back, let alone two. You got the Ravens in Tennessee, and then you've got the Panthers in Miami. I don't think any of the running backs tethered to any of these offenses 
is a good play in week six. I mean, you've got Tennessee. We know the run defense is good and the teams prefer to air it out. So you're looking for a touchdown, but they're the fourth best red zone defense in the league. So I don't think Gus or Justice Hill get you into the end zone. And I don't see either one of the, neither can really catch passes. So, I mean, you're looking, I don't know their path to much upside. I don't see a way they get to double digit points with ease. And then the Panthers, that, that's a committee situation. Miles Sanders still looks okay, but there are two touchdown underdogs against the Dolphins. Are they going to be able to right. commit to the run on any kind of regular basis? So you're begging for like a one of those weird six catch for 40-yard days from Sanders, which I guess could happen. We've seen the involvement in the past game. It's just not something I'm willing to bet on and not something I'm sliding into my lineup if I can help it. Would you go DeMarcado over both of those situations all here four. with all four of those running backs? I would. Okay. Derek, you're number two running back to sit. Javante Williams. And there's multiple things at play here, right? He missed last week due to an injury, but it, he was a full participant heading into a short week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the matchup is not that great. Like Kansas City's actually seventh against opposing running backs at only giving up 13.2 fantasy points per game. But we also now have seen two weeks in a row a highly efficient back in Jaleel McLaughlin look the part. And I think that while I'm not going to sit here and say that McLaughlin's going to see 15 carries or anything crazy like that, but he is going to be involved. I feel like he is car like his performance over the last two weeks warrants him being involved and getting snaps in this offense. And we know Sean Payton, once he finds a guy that he can trust, he's going to get him playing time. And Williams didn't do enough when it, when he was really kind of the leading dog in this backfield to fend off other contributors. And McLaughlin has just looked better on That's a per-touch basis. So I, th I think if Javante Williams plays, I'm fading him anyway just because I really think that McLaughlin's going to be pretty involved, not only this week, but moving forward. Javante Williams yesterday as we were recording this here on Wednesday. So on Tuesday was upgraded to a full participant in practice. So there is a very good chance that he returns here for this game. Derek, if Javante Williams does return, would you play Jerome Ford up against the San Francisco 49ers over Javante Williams? I would. All right. Would you go, uh, would you go DeMarcado or would you go Javante Williams there? Ugh. I've got him back to back. Right? Yeah, it's close. That, that one's real close. Um, I, I'll go with Javante Williams just because if Keontae Ingram is active, which we, again, we don't know that situation, but you know, I, I do believe in Williams a little bit more than DeMarcado was a as a pure player. Right. I was about to say, I think talent needs to be the tiebreaker there between those two, but those are very, very close in rankings here going into week six. Guys, the NFL season keeps on moving, which means that we get to talk about some really cool, new, exciting offers here. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that signed up with the promo code PFN, or you can click the link in your description, a deposit match up to $500 plus a mystery Pick'em special in the Pick'em Lobby to use right from the start. All you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description, sign up, make your first deposit for access, and you will find the special player you got right there in the pick um lobby i think you're going to want to go take advantage of that so sign up now with the code pfn and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today let's go wide receiver starts here for week six soppy who are we going with as far as a start i think it's got to be jordan addison we, we're gonna learn what the number one role looks like on the rookie with justin jefferson out and we're gonna have to get used to it because we're seeing it for at least a month and who knows what what spins this take we talked about that yesterday that maybe we don't see jefferson again who knows but right now the Bears, I don't trust this defense. The offenses look good. So, I mean, if anything, that could encourage scoring an up-tempo kind of game. Chicago has the second-worst 
red zone defense. So even if Addison struggles in the number one role, maybe bells you out with a touchdown. But he's already got not one, not two, but three top 25 finishes this season playing Robin to Justin Jefferson's Batman. I'll gamble on him being able to excel with the the exploded target count and roll. Give me some Jordan Addison as a top 25 play this week. All right. Would you go someone that I currently have at wide receiver 25? Would you go Jordan Addison or Nico Collins up against the New Orleans Saints? I'll go Nico there in a little bit. The Tank Dell injury, I think, could just suction a lot of targets to Nico. Not that he wasn't seeing him in the first place. All that offense wants to do is pass, and so you take away one of the pass catchers. Nico Collins, higher than usual in my rank. So is Dalton Schultz. Would you go Jordan Addison here or Christian Kirk up against the Indianapolis Colts? Still Kirk. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 in the right neighborhood here. I go Kirk a little bit, but that's, I don't want to say Trevor Lawrence bias, but it's it's uh, something something close to that. Yeah, I'll go Christian Kirk there as well. There is a, a eight-spot gap in wide receiver rankings for me between okay, those three two players. For me. Yep. All right, Derek, you're number one wide receiver to start. So we need to monitor the practice participation for one Mike Evans for this start option. And it's Chris Godwin for me. Uh, when Mike Evans got hurt in week four against the New Orleans Saints, Chris Godwin went off. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 114 yards. Yes, he still hasn't found the end zone yet this season, but what we've seen from Chris Godwin in the past, we know he's fully capable of finding the end zone. And, you know, at you know, 6'1", 209, he's still a very viable red zone option. And against this Lions offense that has been putting up points and clicking on all cylinders, even without the, the likes of Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs in week number five, I still think the Detroit Lions are going to have some success against, you know, a pretty good Tampa Bay defense. But on the other side, they've been very stingy against opposing rushing games. So I don't know if the Bucs are going to be able to really lean on Rashad White. I think it's going to be something where Baker Mayfield is going to have to air out the ball quite a bit to be able to keep up with the Lions. And if Mike Evans is unavailable, I see a very busy day at the office for Chris Godwin. All right, so let's talk about if Mike Evans does play. Is Chris Godwin still on your radar for all of the reasons that you mentioned there as a top 24 play? I would say he probably comes in right around 28 if Evans is available because I, I it seems as if when Evans is in the lineup, he's the go-to guy for Baker Mayfield. So Evans becomes probably like a like wide receiver 17, 18 type play while Godwin comes in right around 28. Perfect. I love that context. Uh, Soppy, wide receiver start number two. Where are we going? Old man Thielen. I mean, come on. What this guy's doing is I haven't gotten there. Like, I wasn't there through five weeks. I've been wrong with Adam Thielen. Thought it was going to fall off, and maybe it will this week. But four straight top 22 finishes, and he's averaging 11 targets per game over that stretch. We think Carolina's going to have to throw and throw off and against Miami. They're a top 10 time of possession team. Miami ranks 20th. So if they're going to stay competitive, they're holding the ball. Thielen at this point in his career is basically an extension of the running game, which is fine in half and full point PPR situations. Like I said, four straight top 22 finishes. The volume is just there, and I don't see anybody challenging him for that. You could have questions about the vo- the quality of volume, given Bryce Young. We'll see if the volume is here to stay from him and the passing game as a whole, but I don't think they're going to be able to run it. They got to air it out, and there's only one direction. They go in there throwing the ball, and that's one Mr. Adam Thielen. Fire him up as a top 30 play this week. All right, so Adam Thielen, nine targets in week two, 14 targets in week three, eight targets in week four, 13 targets this past week. If this Carolina Panthers team continues to look the way that they have, 
Adam Thielen could legitimately push for a top five wide receiver as far as a target perspective at yeah. the end of the year. Like if he stays healthy, legitimately the volume Crazy. is going to be there. You said top 30. I've got Adam Adam Thielen at wide receiver 22 on the week here currently. Wow. So I think, <clears throat> I yeah. What, where's the volume? Where's the volume? Like, no, I'll ask you then. You go and we'll go back Christian Kirk or Adam Thielen. I've got Christian Kirk at wide receiver 20 on the week currently, Adam Thielen at wide receiver 22. Okay. So if someone asked me that on my Twitter right AMA there. or, in, you know, like it's the same tier. I don't think you can go wrong either way. Coin flip. Like I think both are very, very solid plays here, but Adam Thielen, wow. just the reliability okay. yeah. and the safety of what he provides here this week. So I agree. let me throw it back to you, Adam Thielen or Jordan Addison here this week. I've got Addison higher. I think there's more offensive juice there but yeah no it's that's more of a bet on Kirk Cousins than anything which doesn't sound great coming out of my mouth but it is what it is <laughs> all right uh let's keep it moving here Derek your number two wide receiver to start so, so sorry about my reaction there Soppy I forgot that we were on our second wide receiver start I thought you were saying to sit Adam Thielen so I was kind of no, like what in the world and then I was like oh wait 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 he's sell selling us to start Adam yes. Thielen yes that makes sense I'm on board with that so we were just talking about Christian Kirk he's actually my my second wide receiver to start this week uh I know we had a rough week one, but the snap share, the targets run, targets he's seen, receptions have all been there ever since his week one dud of a performance. Zay Jones got dinged up yet again in week number five, which bodes very well for Christian Kirk. Uh, and that was a, a pretty tough matchup against a banged up Bill secondary in week number five. I think things get a little bit easier through the air in week number six against the Indianapolis Colts. I really like Christian Kirk as a you know wide receiver too this week. Yep, I think we've talked enough about Christian Kirk. I don't think there's enough to or <laughs> much here to follow back on. I think he's a very very solid start here this week. Let's move over into wide receiver sits of the week. Soppy, who is your number one player? It's DeAndre Hopkins, and part of this is me trying to help the people because you've been benching DeAndre Hopkins as you should have been for the last couple of weeks, and then he went off on your bench last week, and you were sad. You saw all those points on your bench. Trust me, my wife has that situation where she benches players and I get yelled at. And I even help her make the lineup. <laughs> so if you have Hopkins on your bench and you saw all those points last week, roll up and they didn't help you at all. It's human nature to want to go to that well, but he's, don't, don't. You're betting on Ryan Tannehill. That's not safe to do. He's averaging under one point per target heading into last week. I think that's about what you can expect moving forward. So if he's not getting 10 to 12 targets and making the most of them, that's a concern to me. The floor is too low. And a defense against – or a Ravens defense that's the top red zone unit in the league, second yards per play. Like, this is a good unit, a ball control offense. To me, way more risk than reward in Nuke Hopkins after a big week. Would you go DeAndre Hopkins here this week or Gabe Davis? Gabe. I, I'll take the risk and bet on Josh Allen instead of Ryan Tannehill. Would you go DeAndre Hopkins or Drake London up against Washington? Yeah, that's where I'm going to draw the line. He he is Drake London. They're the, basically the same player. So the, I always have them ranked back-to-back, -back and I don't know why it always works out that way, but they're always back-to-back. -back. Who's higher, who's lower, but neither is in my starting lineup. All right, Derek, let's send it to you. Number one wide receiver to sit here. Yeah, you kind of tipped it off there. Drake London hey. versus the Washington Commanders, which the matchup says... What are we doing here? We should start Drake London, right? And yeah, Desmond Ritter had a career performance. First 300-yard game through the air. The problem is the Washington Commanders secondary has struggled in three consecutive weeks, right? Well, the big games they gave up were to Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, and D.J. Moore, which are all yards after the catch dynamos, playmakers once they get the ball in their hands. They all rank inside the top 15 in yards after the catch this season at the wide receiver position. 
Drake London is outside of the top 70. That is not his game. So if I'm going to have to just rely on Desmond Ritter pushing the ball down the field, peppering London with targets, I'm not betting on that two straight weeks. So I have him outside of my top 40. All right, would you go Drake London here this week or Joshua Palmer up against the Dallas Cowboys? Palmer. Would you go Drake London or Rasheed Rice, who's starting to come on a little bit strong mm-hmm. here, up against the Denver Broncos on Thursday Night Football? I'll actually go with Rasheed Rice. I, I like what I've seen as far as his usage and, and routes it's run. Coming. And, it's coming yeah. for him. Feels like it's trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. All right, last one here. Drake London or Josh Downs with Gardner Minshew as his quarterback up against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Josh Downs. I think Josh Downs. I think Josh Downs is trending up to the point where, well, by the time that we get to Sunday, they might be switched in my rankings here. Sapi, your number two wide receiver to sit. Love the Downs call there. And I, you mentioned Josh Palmer in that Q&A there. And I, I'm just not high on Josh Palmer this week. Going against the Cowboys defense that I still think is good. I get that they got boat raced last week. It's still a good defense. You can't tell me it's not. Josh Palmer, we haven't seen thrive in this role. We do think he's the number two next to Keenan Allen, filling in for Mike Evans or Mike Mike Evans, Mike Williams. Quentin Johnson's still a thing coming off the bye. Maybe they worked in getting the rookie some more looks. So I'm I'm not confident in the target volume. I'm not confident in the time of possession. We've got Dallas ranking sixth on the season. The Chargers ranking 22nd. So time of possession could be an issue. Austin Eckler coming back could be an issue. To me, there's too many moving pieces to realistically count on Josh Palmer, even coming off of a bye week. I'm going to disagree with you here. I've got Josh Palmer inside my top 36 wide receivers on the week. I think that he has this number two role locked down. And I think that too, we saw last year, the expectations for Josh Palmer were kind of all over the place. Like you had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams go down and suddenly it was, well, go spend big money on Josh Palmer on the waiver wire. Go spend big fab. And he never really lived up to those expectations because also there were plenty of other factors there with Joe Lombardi being the offensive coordinator, with Justin Herbert not being at 100% for the majority of last year. And so the expectations were not met. And so I think people are still kind of holding that against Josh Palmer here this year. However, the number two wide receiver role is where he can thrive. He's not being asked to be the number one wide receiver to command the the majority of the targets here. You've got Keenan Allen, who's going to just absolutely feast here in this offense. I think Josh Palmer is still a very solid play. Now, is he a top 30 play? No. Is he a top 24? No. But I think that he slides right inside my top 36 wide receivers on the week as a solid flex option that does present some upside. So I'll disagree. I'll push back with you on a little bit there. I don't get the opportunity to do that done here in the host role. So I will do that here. Derek, your number two wide receiver to sit. Where are we going? We were just talking about Washington and Terry McLaurin. I feel like I'm, I'm telling folks to sit. McLaurin almost every other week it's like you know him and Drake London keep appearing on this section for me and it's unfortunate because I I love McLaurin as a player look Sam Howell threw the ball career high 51 times against the Chicago Bears and it produced just 8.9 fantasy points for McLaurin he has one more target than Dotson on the season four more than Curtis Samuel and just six more than Logan Thomas and oh yeah Logan Thomas missed a game throughout the 2023 season That means four commander's pass catchers are averaging somewhere between five to six targets per game. And McLaurin is one of those guys. It's he's not seeing the dominating target share that we've seen in the past. And if that's the case, he, it makes him very tough to rank inside my top 25, even my top 30, just because there's no, yeah, the talents there, but the same can be said about Drake London. Same can be said about Garrett Wilson. He's a talented player, but the ball's being spread around. So 
McLaurin's another sit for me this week. I think Terry McLaurin is a perfect player to plug into the start set optimizer that we have here at PFN. Again, link for that in the YouTube or podcast show description to see where that line is because he is a very, very difficult player to figure out here as we move throughout the rest of the season here. Let's move into some quarterback start sits. Sapi, who is a quarterback that you're looking to get into your starting lineups here this week? Well, if a broke clock is right twice a day, then I'm going to get one of these Trevor Lawrence calls right eventually. I'm thinking it's this week. He would have been a top 10 guy last week if not for a couple of lost fumbles. And I get that those fumbles happened, but you're not counting. You're not projecting lost fumbles. It is what it is. But we're seeing him trend in the right direction. You can't tell me we're not. Eight and a half yards per pass attempt last week. His previous season best was seven and a half. That came in week one against these Colts who he's taking on this week. Last three matchups against the Colts. He's completing over 82% of his passes. If he get that kind of efficiency with the upside of having Ridley in there and get him rolling, I think there's more. I'm going to go down with the ship here. I will be, I will plug in Lawrence every week, and I still feel good about it this week. Top 10 guy for me, rather easily, DFS option, all that good stuff. Let's fast forward to week 15, and yep. Kyle Soppy is still recommending Josh Lawrence Kelly's running for the Chargers. <laughs> As a start of the week, Derek, your quarterback start. Where are we going? Justin Fields. I'm going to ride the wave. So while Soppy is staying on board with Trevor Lawrence, we have finally seen Justin Fields actually start to produce, and he's doing it through the air. We haven't even seen that elite level floor yet as far as his rushing capabilities. We've already seen what he can do as a runner from last season, and this week, Yates, maybe you, you you agree with me here. We saw more creativity and designed runs for Justin Fields. And if there's no Khalil Herbert in this game, and yeah, we're getting some, whether you believe Roshan Johnson is the guy or he's unavailable and it's Dante Foreman, then could we see Fields continue to get more QB designed runs this week against the Minnesota Vikings? I think so. Justin Fields, I'm riding the, riding the wave. It looks like they're moving in the right direction. And the matchup says... Well, like he's definitely a starting option this week. So a, a couple moving things. It it all feels like Fields is a, a top ten play, if not a top five play at the quarterback position this week. I tweeted this out earlier this week, but Justin Fields QB three in week four, QB one in uh from a fantasy finish standpoint in week five. And that is still without him breaking off these big runs that mm-hmm. we saw again, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles last year, the Detroit Lions, the the um the Miami Dolphins games, like those big long runs here if you're getting the quarterback design runs eventually one of them will break for justin fields because he has that skill set i think uh, yeah he's locked into starting lineups here this week a very very solid play let's move over to quarterback sits of the week sapi who is a quarterback that you're looking to fade yeah i can't imagine i get pushed back here but i'm gonna go brock purdy playing the browns like this is more of a this is as much a brown thing it is a purdy thing i went over the case against purdy last week and that he can only climb so high in my quarterback ranks right now but we're talking the premise of that argument was low volume one game with 30 pass attempts this season cleveland the number one time of possession team coming off of a bye with that fearsome front i do worry that we've got a low volume situation where he's completing 20 passes for 217 yards and one touchdown to me that's not cracking my top 12 not even my top 15 this week all right soppy uh-huh Dak Prescott up against the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, now (laughs) this is like asking me Ramondre Stevenson questions. Like, I'm never going to pick Dak. I'm never going to pick Stevenson. So, yes, if you press me like that in my three-quarterback league, I will start Brock Purdy. (laughs) Would you go Brock Purdy or Russell Wilson here this week up against the Kansas City Chiefs? 
I'll take rust unless we have like a hurricane situation. If the weather is that bad and it's raining sideways and all that good stuff, then I would go Purdy. And the beauty of having a Thursday night football game is that you would have that time to decide. But God, I hope you're not deciding between those two. Right. Uh, that Cleveland defense is fearsome. It's, it's scary. It's a real unit, and they're going to have extra time to prepare. Whether or not that matters much against Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy yeah. at the, and the, all the playmakers that it has at the, that San Francisco has is a different conversation. Derek, your num uh, number one quarterback to sit here this week. Yeah, we just saw Purdy dice up a, a, a good Dallas Cowboys defense. How high so, do you I have mean, him ranked? I, uh, where do I have him ranked? Oh, yeah. I have him ranked at eleven this week. Wow. Okay. Over. Yeah, but what, <laughs> what does he got to do? I don't. I don't understand it. Um, so this week I'm sitting C.J. Stroud. As much as I, I've been so encouraged and so impressed by what I've seen from C.J. Stroud as, from a tape basis, and you know the fact that he still hasn't thrown an interception is 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 wild. Uh, he is off to such a fantastic start, but he's facing off against the New Orleans secondary this week that just put the clamps on the New England Patriots. And I understand their offense is struggling, um, but I, I just see with an injury to Tank Dell, see their you know Stroud wasn't quite as effective against a stingier pass defense for the Atlanta Falcons than we've seen, you know, than we expected. So I just think that this is another tough matchup and without one of the guys, that has been a, a main cog in the passing game, uh, potentially unavailable uh, for against a very, very, very good secondary. I'm looking to go a different direction than CJ Shroud in week six. Yeah. I think there's a, as far as quarterbacks here for fantasy football, I think there's the guys that are like matchup proof. The guys that we just don't question. It's the Patrick Mahomes. It's the Jalen hurts. Mm -hmm. It's the Josh Allen. It's like, these guys are just matchup proof. You're playing them every single week. Then you move into like, okay, they're like plus streamers. They're like the players that are really solid plays here that even though you're in a tougher matchup, you're still looking to start them. I think CJ Stroud is kind of in that next tier, which is like a good streaming option. But when you get a really, really tough matchup, I think that you can pivot. So CJ Stroud, quarterback 15 on the week for me. I do think that there are other better options available that you can turn to here. I would be playing Geno Smith. I'd be playing Jared Goff. I'd even be looking at Matthew Stafford over CJ Stroud here this week. And I think Stafford is still widely available on waiver wire uh, in fantasy football leagues. Let's move into tight end start. Sit here. Uh, Sapi, your number one tight end to start. Yeah, I'm buying what Logan Thomas is selling as long as he's healthy. And that's the key here. That's not going right. to, it's probably not going to last forever. We've already seen him get banged up earlier this season. He's back now. They've had a long, long week to prepare for this game. And it's very clear to me that he's the check down option in this offense for Sam Howell. 11 targets last week. A lot of them came in, you know, mop up duty or, you know, catch up mode. And I get that. But that's not going to happen every week. And it probably doesn't happen against the Falcons this week. But I do think he's a consistent chain-moving threat. And if you can tell me he's getting five catches, I really don't care the yardage or the touchdown upside. That puts him in the top 12 at the right. tight end position. So Logan Thomas, top 12 guy for me off of many wa waiver wires. Derek and I talked about him at length on the Waiver Wire podcast. Mm -hmm. You talked about him. You answered a ton of questions on your Waiver Wire live stream here on YouTube, youtube.com slash at PFN Fantasy. Logan Thomas, if you picked him up here this week, you are playing him. He's at currently tight end 10 on the week in my half PPR rankings. Derek, your number one tight end to start. This is the week, Soppy. Give me Gerald Everett versus yes, the Dallas go. Cowboys. Let's go. Give me Gerald Everett. <laughs> so the reason why... Oh, I Jr. is dealing with a bit of a wrist injury and I could see an expanded role yes. for Gerald Everett. He's been 
on the cusp of yes, finding the end zone a time. <laughs> season. It's been close. I think that this is finally the week, if Par, in particular, if Parham cannot go against the Cowboys, I could see him being able to return, like, you know, fringe top 10 production at the tight end position this week, in particular, if he finds the end zone. If this week Trevor Lawrence has a good week, Josh wow. McKelly somehow finds the end zone, and Gerald Everett has a good performance, uh, Soppy might just evaporate off the face oh of the planet. Uh, Soppy, <laughs> your number one tight end to sit. I mean, let's go. We're live streaming our Slack chat during that Monday <laughs> nighter if Gerald Everett is doing Gerald Everett things. I love where this is headed. Tyler Higby for me has got to be a sit this week. We saw the target share under 9% last week with Cooper Cup back in the mix. Him and Nakua combining for over 66% of the targets. To me, there's not enough volume in this offense to support a third option if you have two guys earning targets at that level. So right now, Higby's on my bench, ideally on your waiver wire because you shouldn't be holding two tight ends. If he proves to carve out a niche in this offense alongside those two stud receivers i'm welcome to the idea of streaming streaming him later in the season we're just not there yet i think you can bench and or cut him heading into week six obviously with tight end sits of the week these are guys that listen like it's very difficult to point out a tight end sit of the week here <laughs> as someone that you are necessarily fading if they are getting volume but Derek, who is a player that you have concern about here this week yeah this one feel you kind of hit the nail on the head it you know, Schultz coming off of one of the best mm -hmm. games, if not, well, actually the best game of his 2023 campaign and, and best member of, or best game as a member of the Houston Texans. Um, this week, the matchup says, no, sir. They're going up against the New Orleans Saints, who are just giving up an average of 4.6 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. So while the injury to Tank Dell could continue to help Schultz see a little bit more volume in the short to intermediate area of the football field. I'm just going to go ahead and steer clear of this Saints uh, passing defense uh, in week number six. Yeah, I think that's a pretty clear decision here. If you've got Logan Thomas and you still somehow had Dalton Schultz or if Logan Thomas made it through waivers or whatever, and you're looking Agreed. at playing Dalton Schultz here this week, I think that you need a pivot. Go with Logan Thomas there in that matchup. All right, that'll do it here for week six Start Sit Podcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for dropping your knowledge and helping people here dominate their fantasy football leagues. If you want to continue to dominate your fantasy football league, you need to go over to pfnfantasy.com where all of our written content lives. This is where we are cranking out content every single day. So make sure to go over there, pfnfantasy.com, which is also where you can find our Start Sit Optimizer here, which you need to check out going into week six. All right, that'll do it. For Derek Tate and Kyle Sopi, I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.